Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for Movies We Hate Month. We survived the first week barely, and we're back to do another film barely. Uh, the 2018 movie that is The Meg, or as I'm reading here on IMDb, Meg. I don't know what's correct why do they remove the i don't know maybe we'll get to the bottom of this during this episode because unlike the people in this movie getting to the bottom of things sometimes should probably be left alone i don't know that was a bad segue it sounded better in my head um <laughs> shit yeah i don't even know where to begin with this uh my name is ben and shut up meg and my name is Colin, and Meg versus Oz Network isn't a fight, it's a slaughter. <laughs> now, um, we should also point out quickly that, of course, we are in Movies We Hate Month, capping these to an hour. I'm going to hold this up to the screen right now just so Colin can see that I have the timer started. Uh, an alarm will sound. <laughs> sound. Uh, if we breach that, we'll have to stop everything. Um, wow, this movie... Is a piece of trash. Um, I wasn't on the episode with you and Jamie. I think Jamie was on it for a couple of years ago. I saw this a few weeks after you had seen it. Funnily enough, I saw this in Victoria, where I'm now living. This is uh, the first movie I ever saw in Canada. Uh, and at the movies. Lucky is, you! I know. I saw this with Mallory and her mum, and they had a much different reaction to this movie because they are women. And I think women are meant to have a different reaction to this movie because... Jason Statham takes his shirt off in this movie, so women automatically like this film because they didn't see anything else that happened in it. Um, holy crap, Colin, this movie is terrible. <laughs> I forgot how bad <laughs> yeah. this movie is. What the hell is this movie? And uh, we teased it last week. We're going to disagree on uh, Jason Statham, at least in this episode, because I love Jason Statham. How can you disagree? Sorry, sorry, God. I'm not, not on this movie. I'm, I'm going to stand oh. by this movie. No, not good at all. But Jason Statham overall, I'm a big fan of his. I mean, I have, I don't know, probably an entire shelf, at least half of a shelf on my DVD shelf, just Jason Statham movies. This is not one of them. It won't be one of them. Jason Statham uh, is I, a shelf in this movie. <laughs> Fair assessment. Uh, in fact, that's also <laughs> going to be on our one-star reviews. I'm sure we're going to get to later. Uh, but you got to tell me, because I, I do vaguely remember seeing, I remember being very excited about this movie. Uh, Jamie did see it with me. What did Jamie do to this movie? Uh, probably got very moist in a certain scene. <laughs> um, oh, are you talking about in terms of her review? Uh, she, her, binned yeah. it. she did bin it. All so. right. Uh, I do remember her perking up during the shower scene, though. So mm. uh, it's weird. The very few movies that Jamie will actually bin, and this is one of them, that tells you something because she had that positive female reaction that they aim for. Uh, and then she's still been this movie. So some common sense from my wife still. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I can stay married to her. Yeah, I would be so glad too. Um, I just want to point out straight away. <laughs> what? That, like, Wait, you'd be glad to be married to her? <laughs> you know the answer to that, Colin. The, the joke's getting <laughs> funny. Uh, it's, it's continuing. Speaking of jokes, now I can't get a date. Just get it over and done with. Um, now, I just want to point this out right now that um, Jason Statham, if you're listening, mate, I, I like you would kick my ass in five seconds. You would walk into a room, you would just flick me, and I would be dead. So please don't hurt me and hunt me down, all right? I'm not going to sit here and say derogative things about you like we do with Tom Cruise and that to get sued because at the end of the day, I could flick Tom Cruise because he's little, right? Uh, whereas like you're a big towering man of a, of a muscly man that would kill me. So just clarifying that right now, but you are shit in this movie and you shouldn't be starring in movies. This is my big problem with Jason Statham. He can't hold a movie. And I feel that the entire cast of this movie, I mean, this is a poorly written script. There is not one good actor in it. I mean, Ruby Rose is in this movie that should sell it enough as this being a terrible movie as it is. But, like, I, I don't know if it's just they've hired a bunch of bad actors or because Jason Statham is so woodenly bad in a leading role that everybody just acts like Jason Statham. Like, I just I just could not handle how bad the acting was. Kill Phil had better acting than this movie. <laughs> like, I'm saying it right now. I was better in Kill Phil Volume 1 and 2 than any actor in this movie. Tell me I'm wrong. 
just before I tell, tell you, tell me I'm you're wrong. Right. Before I tell you you're right, uh, have you at least seen the Transporter movies or the first two? No, I haven't. I saw the, the covers, okay. and literally, I thought they were the same movie. Everything. Well, this is that same movie. I'll oh, wait. They put a three in front of it this time. Okay. Because he is so good in the Transporter movies. I mean, total charisma, great physicality. Uh, that's where he really shines. Is is being able to show off some great hand-to-hand combat skills and do some flips and, and, you know, beat people <laughs> up. Charisma, in very doing flips. Very unusual. Well, I, even, <laughs> even aside from the physicality, like he really does have a lot of charisma. I mean, it, you, you mentioned he's not a leading man, but I mean, at least in supporting roles, uh, the Italian job snatch. Yes. I mean, he's great in those. Yes. Uh, he's, he's even pulled off the odd dramatic movie. There's, there's maybe the best performance he's had is a movie called the bank job, which is, uh, just sort of a straight true story heist film that takes place in the seventies. Great movie. Uh, even in movies that I dislike, like Crank, I hate Crank. Like I despise the movie Crank, and yet I can get enjoyment out of Jason Statham in Crank. I get no enjoyment out of him in this movie. And again, don't kill me, Jason. I'm a fan of yours. Uh, I'd love to have you on off the podium to even talk about your your Commonwealth Games experience uh, as a diver, but. He is not good in this movie. And there are a lot of good actors in this movie that are are just, well, outside (laughs) of this movie. Not not in this movie, but Rain Wilson in The Right Thing is not annoying. The Office, I'm not like a massive fan of The Office, but Small Doses, he's good in that. Um, The guy who kind of plays the the elderly, Robert Taylor, he was in uh, Vertical Limit, wasn't he? Oh, God, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I'm uh, just looking. Yeah, he was Skip Taylor. Uh, the the same role in Vertical Limit. Great in Vertical Limit. Loved him that. Uh, Cliff Curtis, who's in this movie, he's one of these guys who pops up in everything. Uh, Hiro Nakamura's in this movie. Love Hiro Nakamura. But they're all so bored in this movie. And the most confusing thing about the Meg for me is the promotion. Because after rewatching this now a second time. I don't know whether they intended for this to be the movie that they promoted and just everything fell flat or if they tried to make a straight version of Jaws 3. Now, who goes out of their way to make a straight version of Jaws 3 and somehow makes it even worse? I don't know. And it's just, it it all turned to disaster. Like, this should be having fun. It should be everything it was promoted as. Just a ridiculous, over-the-top shark movie. And there are about 20 seconds of entertainment in this. The rest of it, they play it so serious, and none of it is funny. Yeah, I agree with you completely because it was it was very like a comedic tone, wasn't it, for this this entire movie, the way it was promoted. And let's be honest, like, I mean, you and I were excited. I think a lot of people were excited for this movie, you know, a giant shark, the Meg. Like, we all like shark movies. Shark movies are great. They're up there with disaster movies. You're always going to see a, a shark movie, right? We all basically are here talking about big blockbuster movies because of Jaws, and we all love Jaws. So... You know, and Deep Blue Sea is another one of these movies that I have. This is Deep Blue Sea, essentially, this movie yeah. with, an, with the Lost World Jurassic Park ending. That's basically what this movie is. But Deep Blue Sea is a genius film compared to compared to this. Uh, and I agree with you about, like, that's my thing with Jason Statham, and I'll say it's exactly the same thing next week when we talk about Storm. I Like, Jason Statham, not in a starring role, completely fine. No problem with the guy. Gerard Butler, same, no problem with the guy. They just can't hold a movie. They've got, like, no charisma. They're just bland and boring and just, like, like, just, it annoys me. I've never watched The Office, so uh, I didn't even realize that uh, he was in The Office, but good for him. And Ruby Rose is in this movie, people. Like, Yeah, no defense. On behalf of Australia, I'm so sorry for Ruby Rose. Like I am, like I'm. I will. I will take Jai Courtney any day of the week. I would take Liam Hemsworth any day of the week. Well, he's actually not that bad, Liam Hemsworth, but like he's not brilliant either. But the point is, like I am so sorry for Ruby Rose. I'm so sorry that she is a thing. I don't know how she's a thing. She literally was a TV host on a cable music channel, and somehow now she's Ruby Rose. I don't... Eve? I, I don't know, Colin. I, I don't understand a lot in life, but probably number one with a bullet is how Ruby Rose is a thing. I I think Triple X uh, 3, if, if we want to call it Triple X 3, came out before this, because that was my familiarity with her in which she was also really bad. Uh, and then she was in John Wick, one of the John Wick movies that she was uh, okay in, but she barely spoke. Um, 
the other thing was Batwoman, which, uh, you know, Batwoman, the show, from what I saw was really good, but I could not get past her in the in the TV show. So I never gave it more than one or two episodes. And I'm so glad that they've come to the same conclusion you have on her. <laughs> they've replaced her going into season two because she's not a movie star either. Uh, I, I don't. I don't get why she keeps popping up in these massive blockbusters because she adds nothing to this movie. She have a unique look. Yes. Is that ever part of her character or the movie? No. Yeah. I mean, that to me is why she's a thing because she has a unique look and that's it. That's it. Anyway, the, ugh. One, the one person I like in this movie, another Australian who I used to have a mad crush on and she looks so different uh, I didn't even realize she'd got, kind of made it into Hollywood. Is uh, don't say the Mc- little girl. Oh yeah, she's gorgeous, Colin. Oh, <laughs> look at her. Um, Jessica McNamee, McNamee, uh, who is um, Jason Statham's ex-wife in this movie. She was. I remember in Home and Away for a little bit, and I was just in love with her character in Home and Away. And then she went on to do. Um, oh, she did something. I've oh, packed to the rafters. Thank you. It was an Australian drama uh show that was quite big here for a while and then she somehow made it to hollywood and here she is in a jason statham blockbuster about a giant shark um and apparently she's going to be in mortal Kombat coming out soon so good for her she's uh she's doing well for herself so i I do like her i do like her and she's actually not terrible in this movie and i'm with you hero from heroes is in this movie so uh massey is it is that how you say his name oka Okay, uh, do, do like him, but that's it. Let's get the positivity out of the way. We've already wasted 11 minutes on this film, Colin. Um, I just want to start, before we even get into this, this will take no time away. Uh, autocorrect is a great thing because I take my notes on my phone now, and it autocorrected multiple times my notes, the Meg to the meh, M-E-H. <laughs> I chose not to correct it, so. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Well, like the emoji movie, uh, meh, uh, rubbish. Um, okay, so according to the timer, I have got 48 minutes to get through this film. Pretty easy, I think, this one. Uh, so we start off the movie, Jason Statham with some friends. They're on a submarine that's sunk and, oh, no, we must save these people, but, oh, no, we can't because we can't. We've got to move away because things are going to... I don't understand the logic in this movie about how you can attach like a sub to something and suck water out and then it's fine. Like, I'm not a scientist. That's probably a thing that's real. But like they treat this like it's an airlock in space where it's like, and you can automatically go through. I mean, please, if there's like a marine biologist or a submarine captain, I know they're our target audience. Please message us in and, and let us know if this is possible. But oh no, Sad. Jason Statham's lost his best friends and that's going to basically put him into exile for five years where no one ages at all in five years. Um, This then panders to the Chinese market, of course, by basically setting this whole thing in China and having a Chinese... I I just want to point out right now, I have no idea who the the actors are in this movie, the, the Chinese actors. You might... I know you watch a lot of Asian cinema. And, like... I'm sorry if I call them bad actors because I can imagine that if I was an actor and I got cast in a Chinese movie that I'm going to come across bad if I'm speaking Mandarin or Cantonese or whatever I'm speaking in that movie. I understand that. So I feel bad calling these actors bad because English isn't their native tongue, so it comes across as bad. But they're bad. Like, they're bad. (laughs) The main woman in this movie, oh, my God. And that little girl, I am so sad that the dog got eaten and not her. Like, holy <laughs> crap. And this this is a bad, like, disaster movie, right? Because you never killed the dog. That's the trope. It's like, oh, no, not the doggy, not the doggy. The doggy dies. Kill the little girl. Like, and Ruby Rose doesn't die. How many times did she nearly die in this movie? <laughs> I thought she did die. I watched this movie going, oh, at least Ruby Rose dies. She doesn't. Like, oh, just no. Um this is where we get into the deep blue sea portion of this film because Samuel L. Jackson, AKA the guy from the office arrives at this research center to see what all the money he's spending on. Right. Um, I I actually, I kind of like this character, the rich billionaire guy. The thing that I don't get though, is that for whatever reason they turn him evil at the last possible moment. And even is he really evil? Like, it's just like, you've got to make the billionaire a dick. 
he's not a dick at any point in this movie until he just decides to go and blow up a show. And for some, even then, he's kind of not being a dick. He's still kind of trying to get rid of the problem he created. So it's it's odd. It's almost it's kind of like up there with the nanny in Jurassic World. Like, okay, we're just going to torture and kill this person because why? Um, this movie also doesn't have a plot. Can we just point that out? It's we released a giant shark. Okay. <laughs> Um, Accidentally. I, I, will, I will admit I have, I've got it, but I've never watched it. Sharknado. I've not seen the franchise, but like from what I have seen, that movie obviously doesn't take itself seriously and understands what it is. It's a freaking movie about sharks in a tornado. If you mm-hmm. don't know what you're going to get in that movie, then, then don't watch it. It's like snakes on a plane. That movie is brilliant because it knows what it is. It's about snakes on a plane. <laughs> That's it. If this movie realised it was about a giant freaking shark, which if you didn't catch it for the 87 times I say in this movie, the Meg, uh, or Megalodon. Um, it's a Megalodon. Fucking get with the picture, guys. <laughs> anyway, Office Samuel L. Jackson shows up. He gets taken a tour of this facility, which, again, this movie was, what, 2018, and apparently they can build this amazing Atlantis with technology that they've got then. Whales can just flock there and just float around. I mean, God, even whale-watching tours here in Victoria, you've only got, like, a 70% success rate. But here on Q, here's a couple of humpbacks. And, oh, let's play that off a joke. Did you organise this for us? Ha, 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 Oh, the comedy in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's not even Pluto Nash levels of be funny. It's like, oh, God, just stop it. Like, you're not funny. <laughs> um... Yeah, there's a purpose to this because the reason they've built this is because they want to discover that the ocean is deeper than we think it is. They're looking for new species. Okay, so we've got to build Atlantis for this. You can't just build a fancy sub. You've got to, (laughs) like, this guy's complaining that he's losing, like, $30 million. Maybe I do hate this guy because he's going to (laughs) complain soon that he's losing $30 million subs. Mate, you've spent, like billions of dollars on building this underwater thing to for what like what why why (laughs) it's a very good point because really if you try to pay attention to the plot of this movie uh they have found a pocket somewhere in the ocean that is isolated that you know because of temperatures or whatever all this life is inside this pocket deep down in the ocean they can't get out and it's hard to get in so we yep. have to get down there with these submarines. You can charter a boat with your submarines to go there. You don't need to spend billions of dollars to have a permanent residence above it. Yep. I mean, look, let's let's bring up your favorite movie, Tied to Real Life, Titanic. When they discovered the wreck of the Titanic in the 80s, did they go and build Atlantis because they thought, mm-hmm. fuck, we might want to sleep here later on because, you know... And, like, in Armageddon, a a movie based not entirely on real-life science, but, you know, they just docked at the Mir space station, right? They didn't need to go and build a giant spaceport on the moon to get to an asteroid. Can you imagine Jaws, Brody, we're going to need a bigger stationary station in the middle of the ocean. Yep, yep. (laughs) I mean, again, deep blue sea it up. You know, a little bit like you could argue in Deep Blue Sea. Do they really need to build that facility? Well, they kind of do because they've got to get the sharks inside the facility and kind of Mm -hmm. like house it. And that's just like a rundown, rickety old facility. It's not freaking all the bells and whistles with glass windows and glowing shoes and little balls going down the thing. Why are the glass windows there? Because you get the impression that this is Jaws 3. We're like, we're creating an environment where you can observe everything. Everything that you're observing is a kilometer down in the ocean. These glass windows will give you nothing. And I just don't, like, set this movie in the future because the technology in this movie doesn't make sense. (laughs) Like, they've literally got, like, spaceships that are flying underwater and there's not even a passing judgment of how they invented this tech. I I admire Elon Musk. The guy invented so much stuff that I couldn't even think about. But even Elon Musk hasn't built this shit. And he's probably the smartest inventor (laughs) on the planet. Like, I mean, come on. What have you been doing, Elon? Samuel L. Office guy here can invent this. And he wears black Nike. He's actually really like his shoes when he gets off the plane. I will say that. Um, okay, plot. Your takeaway pl- from this movie is I like Rain Wilson's shoes. <laughs> yeah, plot's got a plot, so we've got to let the shark up, right? So let's go below the Mariana Trench. Now, again, science in this movie, and I'm not a scientist, yet I know this. 
right? Like the deepest a human has ever been. Like the, the Titanic, to get to the Titanic, it's a fucking struggle, right? It's four kilometers underwater. The pressure is beyond pressure to build something that thick. And you've got a flimsy little machine with glass that can go below. I don't even know how deep the Mariana Trench is. I'm sure it's deeper when the Titanic is. Google that shit for me, Colin. I want to know how deep it is. They're there. They go underneath. Oh, look, there's new creatures. Look at us. We're groundbreaking people. And, oh, no, they've been attacked. So then they get stuck at the bottom of the ocean. The only way that anyone can rescue these people is by going to Thailand to get Jason Statham when the the main woman in this movie decides she's impatient and goes to rescue them and nearly does. So, so why are you having to fly to Thailand, which from Shanghai is a couple of hours away? Um, so Jason say to them, oh, look at him being all charismatic and cool because he drinks Tiger. Uh, I think he's drinking Tiger beer. Cause I, uh, is it Tiger? I'm going to look here quick because when I went to Thailand, I drank Tiger beer and it wasn't too I bad. I thought it was a Yoo-Hoo. Was it, you thought it was a Yoo-Hoo? Um, <laughs> But, oh, look at us being all charismatic with Jason Statham because, ha, 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 he drinks too much. Ha, 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 that's, you know, our leading man, everyone. Um, people show up. They need him. He's the only one who can save the day, which, again, is bullshit because our lead woman is basically going to try this anyway. Uh, he shows up in the nick of time. He rescues everyone. He's, and we'll find out that Thingo's his ex-wife because, you know, reasons. Um, hero from Heroes dies. Sad. Um, the shark has been released. It bites the glass window. The little girl doesn't die. Um, I do, I do love this main woman when she sees the shark and she just, she constantly says Megalodon, Megalodon. It's like, you know, you know how people criticize, um, Ken Watanabe in the Godzilla films for just constantly saying Godzilla like a hundred times over. Yeah. She's Ken Watanabe in this movie. She's just literally Megalodon, <laughs> Megalodon, Megalodon, Megalodon. Like, well, isn't that time. a little bit racist? Yeah, because that's what I meant. Cool. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for playing that card. Who are you, Noah? Um, if you're Chinese, you only have one word in the, the script. <laughs> oh, speaking of one word in the script, oh, what's that time? We've got to get Jason Statham shirtless for reasons to keep our female audiences interested. <laughs> like, I, like, I know we read well, on about I'm this. even interested by this. I'm not. I mean, God, if this was like The Rock or someone exciting, like, God. I mean, even Patrick Stewart, I'd probably perk up a little bit right now. But, like, this guy is so woodenly boring and bland that, I mean, the guy's got a rig on him. Good for him. He's been working out. But, Jesus Christ, this is like the most over-the-top, gratuitous, sexualized pointless scene in a movie i think i saw in 2018 uh and i watched a lot of porn in 2018 so <laughs> i'm telling Ben's you now this porn right he's watching porn right now just so people know but it's i can see that other screen you can it's literally the way you see the top of the shower with slow motion drops coming <laughs> down it pans all sexually across him and as he walks out with a towel conveniently placed over his dong you've got Bad actress lady coming in and, oh, I can't stop looking. And then let's have 58 different looks. Now, again, let's put this around the other way. If this was random woman lady with a boobs out and you've got Jason Statham staring at it the whole time, there would be an outcry. It would be disgusting. It would be terrible. But why is it okay to do it this way? Oh, because we've got to catch up because men have been doing this to women all the time. Sure, two wrongs make a right. That's what my mum and dad told me when I was a kid. <laughs> Rant over. I don't even know where we're up to this movie. Um, I mean, what what is the plot at this point? They've rescued. That's literally the plot at this point is to rescue his ex wife. Job done. But oh no, mm -hmm. little girl is going to see giant shark. Which is that even explained how it's released? They don't explain it. They don't show it. There is nothing. They just simply say, "Oh, it must have followed us up during this split second. That the temperature has changed." Which and it's not even that one. There's multiple. So. This is the setup, obviously, for the sequel. It's like, oh, we got the math wrong. It was open for 11 seconds. So there's probably about 12 more of these sharks out there. Which I just don't like. Ugh. Anyway, so sure, a little girl gets scared because giant shark bites glass. They go outside, find out there's a boat. And, oh, let's get revenge against shark fin hunters. So a megalodon's eating that. And then we get this, like, 80-minute sequence, I feel, of, like, the smartest people in China and science basically being dumb like oh we've got to track this thing the only way we can do it is by swimming in the water somehow a giant megalodon can't outswim jason statham uh, <laughs> I mean, come on even britney spears couldn't outswim that thing um 
I mean, Queen in Jaws has got a giant wooden shark in him and he, <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to count. I don't know where I'm up to. I've missed so much stuff, but I don't care. I re- really don't care. There's, there's a glass shark cage here. The woman nearly oh, dies. I love that part. Um, yeah, sure. We'll just cap it there when they kill the Meg. And how, do okay, they, yeah, how does she the shoot it? The Sorry, how does she shoot it? She's in a glass cage with a glass thing in front of her. How does she get a poison dart into the shark through glass? Yeah, no, that's very problematic because they say, oh, don't worry, this is indestructible. Nothing can get in there. I watch her when she's aiming. There's no, like, gun hole in this thing. She is actually aiming at the impenetrable glass that yeah. will just deflect back on her. And underneath, she's got a flimsy metal cage. If that's yeah. not in, like, <laughs> sure, that's going to hold super strong glass. Like, I know if I'm building a skyscraper that I don't want to fall over, I'm going to make the base of it a flimsy mesh piece of metal. That's going to hold up. Cool. Uh, first of all, the Mariana Trench is 11 kilometres. Yeah, you ain't going down there, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're certainly not seeing it from those glass windows on your your Atlantis As station talk, either. I'm going to Google what the deepest a human has ever been in the ocean. Keep talking. <laughs> Go for it. Um, okay, so the meh. Uh, so a couple of things that I feel like almost I did get the Pluto Nash vibe from where it's like, this could be funny, but it's not. Uh, the opening scene with Rain Wilson where he's trying to speak Chinese and it just comes out wrong. You meet Candle Egg. Nice skull. We've seen that joke so many times in so many movies and there is just it's somehow less funny here than it would be even in Pluto Nash. Like, I'm just tired of people doing this. This Oh, this person's butchering the language because I would love to know, especially this movie that is a co-production with China, how close this is. Is this just something that's like completely insensitive and racist or is what he's saying close enough that it actually would match what he's trying to say? Because this is just such an overdone joke. It's, it's, it hasn't been funny in years. Um, the, the thing where he's talking to, uh, I think it's the ex-wife where Rain Wilson's talking to her is where did you learn how to pilot a sub? And she just sort of gives a straight answer. Perfect opportunity to play the sexism. This character is like, women can drive submarines nowadays. Yeah. But, like, they don't even go that that direction with the joke. Uh, and then we get this drawn-out thing about, uh, okay, we are go for insertion, and all the guys, like, hero, and they <laughs> you said insertion. And they keep playing up on this joke. Like, you had a perfect opportunity for a joke a few minutes ago that you didn't take, and now you're going with, with you know, penetration jokes. It's just Noah not funny. Noah wrote that joke. Yeah, this is Noah's. Noah, oh, mine's only on one thing, insertion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the ex-wife is one of uh, a countless supply of absolute idiots in this movie because she stabs herself <laughs> by being flimsy. <laughs> she knew she was in the Meg. She's like, oh, I've got to stop being in this movie. <laughs> it's just, it's idiotic to watch a character you're supposed to feel for. Oh, no, we need to save this woman. You accidentally stabbed yourself because you are flimsy. It's just stupid. Um, Statham, okay, so they're going to him because he knows how to get to the bottom of the ocean. Like you said, other woman knows how to get to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, he knows how to pilot the sub. He doesn't because it was designed after he left. Uh, and he has an attachment to these characters. He has an attachment to one of the characters. The other woman has an attachment to all of them. And she, she, he doesn't do anything that she doesn't do. So it's, it's literally just let's double our efforts here. How long does it take for them to fly over to him to say, can you rescue your wife? Whereas this woman jumps right in the water. Like, is she taking six weeks to pilot 11 kilometers down and Jason Statham just has to catch up with her? It just feels like a race for no reason. It's a six, uh, the little, uh, four, sorry, four, four, nearly a five hour flight from <laughs> Shanghai to Bangkok. And he's not in Bangkok. He's like in rural Thailand. So I've been to Phuket and Phuket's a long way away from Bangkok. So yeah. Uh, so they're now, wasting basically a day to get this guy and get him back while they're drowning at the bottom of the ocean. Now our other lead, the 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 the, the female lead of this movie. Who is she? What's her name? So her name is Bing Bing Lee. Okay. Uh, and I did look it up because I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm familiar with her or anything. 
it looks like she did some small roles in Chinese movies and then is just one of these actors that just started popping up in American movies over the last couple of years. Uh, because she did a Resident Evil movie, she did a Transformers movie, she did The Meg, uh, she did uh, The Forbidden Kingdom with Jackie Chan and Jet Li, which is just an American movie. Uh, the only thing I've actually seen her of, of the Chinese movie she's done is a movie called Silverhawk, uh, where I, you know Michelle Yeoh's in the movie, great movie, but I can't tell you who she was in it, just the supporting roles. She's not even a star. Right. So it is, it is weird that she just was plucked out of obscurity. You get it when you take a Michelle Yeoh, a Jackie Chan, uh, a Donnie Yen even now is you know starting to become big. And you say, this person has something. We can sell them to American audiences. What does she have? She has nothing. She's got a cool name. That's she has, it. <laughs> she has the Meg. Great. And the daughter. Oh, man. Just oh. The, the unprofessionalism in a workplace that they have this little girl playing with her toys out in the hallway why is she there in the first place? I don't know. And then she's playing with her toys and Jason Statham is just okay with this. Children don't belong here. Like, that's what I want to see. Um, the rescue scene is just absurd because it feels like he's competing with her. I'm going to get to the bottom of the ocean before you do. Oh no, he's going to pass out. Oh no, his nose is bleeding. You're going too fast. doesn't matter because the other woman's going to be down there in a second. Anyways, uh, Ruby Rose might be the worst character in this movie. Because Rain Wilson, <laughs> even just as far as characters go, have her played by Rene Russo, and this is the dumbest character in this movie. Rain Wilson has that line, he goes, I paid for all this. She goes, I designed all this. So it's your fault. <laughs> and let's get to that cage, that plastic cage. And he's like, you're going to put her in there in a plastic cage? That plastic cage is however many inches thick and is indestructible. And then it literally does prove, the plastic at least, to be indestructible. Why are you not making the submarines out of this plastic? We would not have a problem if you made the submarines out of this plastic. You're going 11 kilometers down in the ocean. You have this indestructible plastic and you're going to put them in a tinfoil submarine that costs us Hiro Nakamura's life? Come on, Ruby. It's all your fault, Idiot. Ruby. Yep. It is. Uh, the one line I did like is, it's strangely enough, the little girl where Jason Satham is just randomly asking her questions and says, oh, yeah, my mommy is this. My daddy's uh, with a Pilates instructor in Taipei. That line I liked. <laughs> uh, and strangely enough, she probably gives the strongest dramatic performance in this movie. And that's um, saying something. And she's still playing the ass. <laughs> Uh, the fact that they immediately jump to it's a megalodon. Okay, that yeah. bugs me too. They don't see it. They're just like, something big came up. Megalodon. It's a megalodon. <laughs> now, his experience is he was in a submarine at the beginning of this movie that was attacked by something. He did not see what attacked that submarine. It was just something big. He's immediately like, it is an extinct creature. Like, can you imagine if in the Jurassic World movies, Jurassic Park, whatever, it was done backwards. They were just on the, the, the opening scene on the island with the little girl. And that's the first scene of the first, well, it could have been the first scene of the first Jurassic Park if you follow the novel. Mm. And they see all these bites all over the girl and the girl's not even talking. What was that? It was a dinosaur. Like, you could be slapping that person. Sure, he's right, well, but well, he has but no basis to see it. But that, that's literally in the book. Exactly. And everyone no, that's, talks it down. Yeah, you're right. Because, like, yeah, she draws a point. picture. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not, a, it's not a dinosaur. Like, they would be firing him right now. That's why they put him in the water. It's like, this guy's an idiot. Uh, Jason Statham in the water. That was a selling point of this movie, not just for the shower scene, uh, not just to have him shirtless. But let's be honest, this is his skill. And it's weird that it's taken this long well, to put. taking his shirt off. Well, diving, like because oh, he right. was. Okay, sorry, I thought he's skilled. He's looking good shirtless. <laughs> I mean, it is, but <laughs> uh, I just want to say, the way you actually do the shower scene is you you give the men something to enjoy about that as well. The transport, a perfect example. There's a scene in the transport. I believe it's in Transporter One, where. There is a scene where an oil drum spills, and there is a fight scene where he's shirtless fighting off three guys covered in oil, everybody sliding all over the place. It's a cool fight scene. It's got good hand-to-hand combat, and it's also got him short, shirtless and oiled up. This is just him stepping out of a shower. Uh, and Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider. He's my always classic connection to that. You've got Angelina Jolie gratuitously you know, sexualized, but five minutes later, you've got Daniel Craig sexualized, basically. So you've got balancing yeah. scenes. Yeah, so so we need some women uh, coming out of the shower. I want to see the Meg sexually. <laughs> the I'm Meg sure it's a female in the shower. And I, I I I correct you, the Meg, the best dramatic actor in this movie. Probably yes, that's fair. Um, 
the uh, the the line where they're saying, "Okay, nobody go near the water," <laughs> and then five minutes later, "All right, everybody out to the water." <laughs> Even another character that you think is not bad in this movie, the Robert Taylor character. I like Robert Taylor in Vertical Limit. I mean, I thought that he had more potential than he ever lived up to. Uh, considered he's an older guy. He tells them, don't go near the water. And then five minutes later, everybody near the water. And then it's just, it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon where the <laughs> boat gets up. Whoa! And they all start falling in. Um, and But Jason's, back to my point, Jason Statham in the water. You have an a, almost Olympic level in Commonwealth Games. He, he, he essentially was on his way to the Olympics as a diver. You can find videos of him competitively diving. You want to put a guy who knows how to be in the water in the water. Have him do something in the water. Don't just cut to random shots of his muscles bulging and him outrunning the MIG. I mean, have him do some incredible dives. Like, use Jason Satham in his element. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to add at this point. Let's just, let's quickly wrap this thing up. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, oh, I do, I do have to say one thing. The, the, yeah. the crane, they have the Meg on the crane. Like, do you want to talk about where the second Meg appears? Yeah, I think I'll that's just, where I kind of kept it. Yeah. So um, it's the false finishes to this movie that just shows bad filmmaking. Because we have the director here of the National Treasure movies, which aren't great movies, but they're more entertaining than this. Who Nicholas was Cage is in them. That's automatically yeah, more entertaining. Exactly. If Nicholas Cage was in this movie instead of Jason Statham, it would automatically be a good movie. Oh, I mean, you would know. That's the selling feature of this movie. Nicholas Cage versus a Megalodon. The you shark. know what you're getting. He's got his face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you mentioned the part with the wife. Okay, so the plot of this movie is to rescue the wife. They rescue her. That's a false finish to the movie. And then all of a sudden, Omega's is there. Okay, fine. We know we're going to get a Meg eventually. They have a false finish with we caught the Meg. And then another Meg comes and swallows it whole. Now, that's a cool shot. But you know it's coming because it's 40 minutes into the movie. Save this for later in the movie so that you have the surprise of another Meg. You don't do it so early where the audience is expecting something like this to come up. This is the, they're trying to go for the Samuel L. Jackson kill in Deep Blue Sea which was a surprise because you know the movie's still going. They're trying to convince you the movie's over here. Nobody thinks the movie's over at this point. The one thing actually you point out too, which is a very good thing about um, uh, Jason Statham's character when they've got this whole big plot line that he's being kind of like sent away because he was saying all these lies about there being a giant shark. They're kind of like Sarah Connor him in Terminator 2, right? Like, yeah. you know, oh, you're crazy. No, that's not true. <laughs> and yet all of a sudden now they're all like, I told you so. And what's that line when that guy's like, when he's like, you saved my wife and we're even. Like, you're right. Like, how does he know it was a Megalodon? You were in a fucking tube <laughs> and you something bang you. Like, fucking that, that's Bluey the humpback whale that was doing tricks for you before, right? Like, Jesus Christ. Um, just quickly, the deepest ever dive. Uh, somebody actually has been to the Mariana Trench. It happened in 2019. Uh, 10,908 metres or 35,787 feet. So it has been done, but they didn't go below the Mariana Trench. The thing is, though, Colin Hilding, it took three and a half to four hours to reach that record-breaking depth. <laughs> so again, you've got a nearly five-hour flight one way to Bangkok, then however many hours to get to rural Thailand, then however many hours it takes to put his shirt on, stop him drinking Tiger beer and get him back on the plane, then back to Bangkok, then back to Shanghai, then out to that water. That's 400 or 200 metres or 200 miles off the coast of Shanghai. That's going to take a while. Then nearly five hours. How much oxygen do they have in this machine? Like, they are dead. Do you remember that that years and years ago, there was that Russian sub that, that sunk at the bottom and all the Russian sailors were stuck at the bottom oh, and they yeah. all basically died because the Russians took too long to get them out, right? That was like mm-hmm. a couple of days, I think, if that. These guys are dead. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jesse McNamee and Hero you're, and the other bearded guy. Um, the one bit in this movie that I legitimately was like, oh, like actually scared was when that guy's like posing with the Megalodon and he's putting his head in. I'm like, yeah. oh no, this is like, oh shit. Um, can I just point out, special effects in this movie are terrible. Uh, <laughs> it, it reminds me of Back to the Future 2. Shark still looks fake. Um, yeah. I, that shark in Back to the Future 2 and Jaws 19 looks more realistic than these. Um, shark in Jaws of Revenge might look more realistic than these. Um, I'm saying this now, Jaws of Revenge, a better movie than the Meg. Controversial opinion. Yeah. I'm saying it. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more Dawson, entertained yeah. by Michael Caine, a shark having revenge <laughs> and at roaring. Like, I'm sorry. I'm more entertained by that piece of shit than this piece of shit. I would watch Jaws of Revenge any day of the week. I this. take Jaws 3 over this. I don't know if I'd go as far as 4. It's been a long time since I've seen Jaws 3. The only thing I remember about that is the shark swimming towards the glass and breaking it in what seems like that scene from Austin Powers when he's about to get run over by the steamroller. Like, no! And it's like, move, move! I swear that shark is swimming at the screen for like 80 minutes. And I realise it's 3D, right? Back then that was, oh, look at it, it's coming towards me. But, um, yeah, Giant Meg. And like... Is it just me or is a Meg, like, it's big, but I'm expecting, like, big, big. Like, Mosasaurus big in Jurassic World, right? That's big. Uh, like I think no- that the second Meg is, but there's no perspective. Because in the first Meg, you have it next to the boat. And that's the problem with having this movie just take place in the middle of nowhere, is that you never get the perspective of how big the second Meg is. The, the other thing, too, which I'm calling bullshit on is uh, our leading lady. You know, I, I swim with sharks all my life. I know everything. Like, like shut up. Like, seriously, just shut up. Um, and, and what's the thing when she says the Megalodon had the biggest or the most powerful bite in, ever in animals? So the Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is often considered the biggest, like a shark underwater has a more powerful bite than the Tyrannosaurus Rex? What? Like... <laughs> no, stupid. Um, if it does, scientists, seriously, if you're listening to me, by all means, email me. And if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll admit my mistake. But I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe that a T-Rex <laughs> has less powerful bite than a Megalodon. Um, when the scientist dude sacrifices himself for Ruby Rose, first of all, you're a dickhead. Secondly, why does he do it? Like, this shark is, like, 80 miles away. We've already seen Jason Statham can outswim it, and he's fucking 80 miles yeah. away from the boat. They're, like, a metre from the boat, basically. And this guy's like, no, I'm going to sacrifice. Like, fucking just swim towards the boat and try your luck. Like, pff, at least if you're thrashing yeah. that way, you've tried. And remember, this is all her fault, too. Like, he yeah. should be like, you know what? You're on your own. She is the worst in this movie. I don't understand. And is it, like, meant to be implied that these two are, like, hooking up? Like, this seems to always be a cliche that, like, I mean, this movie's riddled with cliches. I mean, you've kind of got all your tropes of your disaster survival movie type, right? The difference is, is that you don't connect with any of them. But, like, in Deep Blue Sea from memory, is it, um, isn't it um, Sarsgaard is in that movie? Isn't he the scientist dude? And he's the one yeah, who's kind Stella of hooking Skarsgård. up. Uh, he's kind of hooking up with the um, the blonde Australian woman who I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Mm. And, like, it's older with younger sort of guy. Like, is this what they're trying to be? This movie is seriously Deep Blue Sea. Like, it is so it is. many levels Deep Blue Sea. But, like, Deep Blue Sea is like Schindler's List of shark movies. <laughs> compared. And Deep Blue Sea was never really highly revered at the time. It's only been recently that I feel it's turned into a bit of a favourite film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Giant Meg... Um, oh no, father's dead. Uh, like even the deaths in this movie just feel wasted. Like it's just like, oh, we're meant to feel something. No. And then this is my point with billionaire office Samuel L. Jackson guy. Like he's literally there like I've called, you know, Russia and Australia and they're all aware of it. And so then he buggers off and he's all like, oh no, I didn't really call them. Lol, let's go blow it up ourselves. Is he really going to get ripped apart? Like how is anyone going to know that he let this thing out? Like, yeah. Like, is a, is a Megalodon going to be, like, going around to Australia and be like, I got let out by Dwight from the office? <laughs> well, plus, they didn't actually let it out. Like, they didn't cause the water temperatures to change at that very moment. It, it, it Nature let it out. It's not his fault. It just if followed any, them. If anything, it's Ruby Rose's fault because she built yeah. it. But like, yeah, exactly. Even Jason Statham's fault because he's the one who went down. You said, I mean, if you send one sub down, it's the it's the main woman's fault. It's her fault. Like yeah. if you had to just stuck with Jason Statham, this guy to me has no responsibility. And the fact that you play him off as this like evil prick because we've got to kill someone off, like it's stupid. It's so stupid. It just because he's him, the only one trying to do anything about it. He, it makes no sense. Like have him call up the rest of the world and then turn this into like a global effort to kill the Megalodon. Maybe that's a more mm-hmm. exciting movie. I actually think that would be a more exciting movie because now you've just got this whole sequence of him like, oh, that's not actually a Megalodon, that's a whale. How can you not tell that that's not a fucking (laughs) whale? Like, actually, what? Um, And even the way they kind of just kill him off, oh, it's stupid. Um, 
then all of a sudden they've got to be all like, oh, this tracking device, it's going to this highly populated beach in China. Okay? Like, why? Um, do they ever, like... And then, like, this to me should be the most entertaining portion of the movie. You've got a beach filled with thousands upon thousands of people. This should be 10 minutes nonstop of shark-eating people, like, just going to town, chewing people up, guts everywhere, fucking make it into this comedy thing. And this is the problem. They're trying to because you've got little fat kid eating an ice cream. Mommy, mommy, I want to go swimming. (laughs) You've got dogs swimming towards the boat. You've literally got a beach with like a thousand people where nobody can move, yet everybody wants to swim. They, they should be passing this off as funny. The one bit that I mildly laughed at was when you got those dudes on the platform and they're all standing up going, <gasps> and then you see like a bunch of girls in their bikinis on the other thing. Kind of funny. <laughs> I was like on a scale of 1 to 10 humor level, I was like at a 1.3. I was like, oh, mildly kind of thought about laughing there. Good job, Meg. But like I think you see one sequence here of a shark eating that plastic bubble it's implied that clearly the shark has eaten people because he's got, like, tubes in its teeth. But, like, why am I not seeing blood everywhere and, like, guts yeah. everywhere and, like, people... I want to see this. Like, people want to see this in a shark movie. Talk yeah. to anybody who likes shark movies. You want to see <laughs> blood and gore? People get eaten by sharks. Not happening. Somehow this all turns... I don't even understand how this happens at the end of this movie. So they're trying to lure it with whale sounds because they know that for reasons. So they lure it out. Like, why does it take them to wait for this shark to get to a highly populated area? They've got a tracker on it. Do this Mm -hmm. in the deep fucking sea, and then you've saved however many thousands of these beachgoers have died. Like, again, Ruby Rose's fault. Probably came up with the whale thing. Yeah. So the whole ending of this movie is we're going to lure it towards the boat. We're going to try and... I, I mean, I don't actually even understand how Jason Statham is planning on killing this thing. He's got a sub. Has he got a weapon or something in it? Was I not watching? There's like a rotor on the top that the shark has already bitten half of it off, so it's extra jagged now. Okay. And he slices it open. Sure. Because he but- knew that would happen from the beginning, right? Absolutely. He's a very smart man, Jason Statham. Um, well, another thing, too, I just want to quickly point out with this movie that bothers me is the, the, the constant Marvel-style quips and one-liners that just do not work mm-hmm. at all. And, like, they just overdo it. You know how people complain about, um, well, not as people, we did it too. Like, The Last Jedi went too far on the humour and just it just felt uncomfortable after a while. Yeah. This is this movie. It's like, okay, stop quipping. Like, just stop it. Just stop it, Meg. <laughs> um... Somehow Jason Shut up, Statham, Meg. Shut up, Meg. Jason Statham somehow cuts it open. A bunch of sharks eat the Meg. And there's a helicopter crash. And we end with that weird Thai version of Hey Mickey. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Which, again, in a movie that takes itself way too seriously for the most part. Like, ha, 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 ha. It's a Thai version. I feel that's kind of racist that we're meant to be like, oh, that's funny. A Thai version of Hey Mickey. <laughs> Like, is that weird to me that that might be a feeling a bit racist? They were trying to appeal to every Asian demographic in this movie. We're going to, you know, do a co-production with China. We're going to put a Thai location, a Thai song in there. We're going to put in a Japanese man that dies. Um, And everybody in Asia will love this movie. But it worked because when we get to the box office, this movie was huge everywhere. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've got nothing else to say. I mean, literally, Jason Statham is is hanging on to a Meg and stabbing <laughs> it. Like, like you know how people watch Jurassic World, and as outlandish as some of that is, the scene where the raptor jumps from a T Rex onto the Indominus Rex, like that is just fucking yeah. mind-bogglingly awesome. That you are mm-hmm. like, holy crap! I don't care if this is the most unbelievable piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. A fucking raptor jumped on a T Rex onto an Indominus <laughs> Rex. My mind is blown at how awesome this is. We have just seen Jason Statham riding a megalodon, stabbing it in the eye. It should be awesome, but it's not. It, I mean, Nicolas Cage doing that at that point. I'm going to take your face <laughs> Ah, <laughs> Amazing. I could list 20 other actors who in that sequence would be incredible. This just falls flat. And also, Jason Statham, to go with the technology, he is James Bond. He has a rebreather. So Yeah. 
I, I did like the Thunderball thing there. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's way bigger than Connery's. Like, come on. It's, it's almost as good as Pierce Brosnan's in Die Another Day. Damn it, yeah. I can't play the song. <laughs> um, <laughs> funny enough, I think half of my notes are just on the plastic cage sequence because <laughs> I got even more issues with that I haven't even talked about yet. Uh, so I, I noted that the crane that this thing is on when the shark has it, it is literally dragging the boat <laughs> while attached to this crane. It rips the crane off of the boat. The second crane, it gets caught up in the cables and it literally stops it like a dog on a leash. So how is this strong enough to drag the boat, but then the second time it can stop it on a dime like a dog on a leash? Yep. It, it's The physics in this movie do not make any sense at all. It's, um, it's it's a megalodon, megalodon, megalodon. Yeah, exactly, megalodon. it should be ripping like shit, like left, right, and it's a megalodon. It's got the yeah. strongest bite ever. Here's some more good things with the humor in this movie. Uh, all right, so bald guy talking to Ruby Rose. What happened to your hair, Ruby Rose? A bald guy. What happened to your hair, bald guy? To Ruby Rose. Touche. End scene. What? Touche. What is even the first of all? What's the reference to her hair in the first place? It's not no different it's to what's wet. been in this whole movie. Oh, because she's a short hair. What are you, some sort of Ben Waterworth type? Don't like short haired women. <laughs> Racist. It's just weird scenes of humor that don't work. Um, I'm with you. The beach stuff, even knowing how this movie turned out and knowing that I was disappointed by it, I still got excited with those shots yeah. of. Hundreds of people crammed in the water and then the shadow. I mean, it's 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 like the the shot of the Mosasaurus on the wave uh, at the end of Fallen Kingdom. You know, that can sell a movie. So do something with it. Okay, it is a PG movie. You have to cater to PG audiences. There are still things that you could do with that closing sequence that do not involve blood and guts. Have people just stranded, not able to get to safety, you know, have a couple of kids that are, you know, on floating debris and the Meg is coming towards them. And then the Meg gets diverted because of a distraction. Like you can build a 10 minute long sequence without even the blood and guts is the I, I always think in my mind, has there even been a good shark movie in a long time? You know, Deep Blue Sea. I'm a fan of Deep Blue Sea. Uh, most of them are garbage. There's a movie called The Shallows that is just about one girl stuck on a rock, maybe about mm. 40 feet from shore, and there was yeah. a shark in the water. Heard about it. That's a that's a great movie. I don't and think the only ones I've seen, like besides like those really deliberately trashy, like E-list movies of like Mega Shark yeah. versus Crocodile or whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> I um I saw the one that uh the based on the true story one where that couple got stranded in the ocean in Australia. Um, open deep, water. Oh boy, I thought that was crap. I thought it was so overrated. Did not like it at all. Um, and I, I mean, ha, is Sharknado the best shark movie in the last twenty years? <laughs> like it could be. At least well, it's got a fan I mean, following. They've made like twenty of them, right? I like the shallows. Um, Forty-seven meters down was another one that mm. I again I, I didn't love it, but it was good. The sequel, Forty-seven Meters Down on Cage or whatever, was complete garbage. Um, the Sharknados embrace the ridiculousness and unless you're going to do a survival story like the shallows or even open water like it, i watched it once when it first came out and i'm like yeah that was okay never got on my way to watch it again but it's a movie built on suspense you can either go the suspense route or you can go all out ridiculousness this movie doesn't do either <laughs> there's no suspense there's no ridiculousness they they tried it's like they tease all the stuff that made us excited in the trailer you know uh like the song beyond the sea playing we don't get that type of humor we get oh mickey you know uh the 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 wedding on the boat you think that would lead to something funnier where the bride gets thrown in the water but instead we just get her screaming for about 10 minutes of the movie you ruined my wedding you ruined my wedding throw the bride off the boat give us what we want and then we get this Dog Pippin, um, that we assume gets eaten, and then the big twist at the end of the movie is Pippin is all right. I just watched fifty-nine children get swallowed Wait, by a shark. Did the dog survive? I thought the dog. The did dog survives. Die. Oh, yeah, man. Here I the am final complaining scene. that they they broke that one thing and not the kid and the fucking dog. Pippin swims back to the boat, and then the bride's like, "Oh, Pippin." 59 children just died on screen, but it's okay because Pippin's alive. 
Like, this is the logic of this movie. Oh, and then it gets the- worse next week, Colin, when it comes to the logic <laughs> oh, of yeah. the world celebrating when half the world just got killed. <laughs> um, the final way that they kill it, like I already mentioned, the fact that there's this jagged rotor or whatever on the submarine that he splits the belly open of the Magon. Okay, let's just play along with that. He came up with a plan to do this. You just have two submarines swimming around a shark at the end. He has split this Meg in whole from head to toe or head to fin. <laughs> and then after that, he's like, I'm going to go out and stab it in the eye. <laughs> like, what? That's essentially, you are going to take a chainsaw in a horror movie and rip somebody's chest open, but then they're going to die because you take a thumbtack to their eye. It's just ridiculous that this is the climax of the movie. It, it, if you had made it where Jason Statham was like, this is for this is for Hiro Nakamura. Give him a revenge plot. I'm at least laughing. But here it's just stupid. I just, oh, nothing about the end of this movie works. There's a couple of cool shots that give you promise and then it doesn't amount to anything. Okay, we've got uh, four minutes and 37 seconds. Um, <laughs> reviews, um, yeah, 5.3. How does this have 5.3? <laughs> That's way too many. I feel like I, I'm almost going to get to leave here and say you would think Die Another Day is a better film than this film. It is. It there is you go. much better. Wow, <laughs> yes. That's a win. Um Owen Gleeman of Variety gave it a mixed review, calling it neither good enough nor bad enough and writing the Megan Rot science horror action film. Um, writing for The Hollywood Reporter, Simon Abrams said the film was refreshingly unpretentious and a breath of fresh air compared to the Sharknado. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. Um, it did get nominated for a Golden Razzie for Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff or Sequel. Uh, but it did not win. Uh, what did win that year? It was Holmes and Watson won that year. Um, I've not seen it, but uh, anyway, it's Will Ferrell and uh, what's his name? John C. Riley. I like those guys. 330 shit. Um, box office wise, 145 million. Did that make that much? I thought this was an absolute bomb. Uh, 145 no. billion dollars at the box office. 384 million worldwide. Well, that's what happens when you pander to Chinese audiences. You make half a billion freaking dollars. Um, how? Shame on you people. Don't, I mean, I, I can't talk. I paid to see this movie, so I'm, I'm to blame. Um, I'm not even going to look at the domestic weekend. I don't give a shit. Um, plot keywords. I'm, I'm just going to read. Uh, uh, before you get plot keywords, we'll speed this up. I'm, I have two one-star reviews I'm going to read the title only of. Okay. Uh, to compare this to Sharknado is an insult to Sharknado <laughs> and couldn't give lower than one star. <laughs> okay. You didn't, you didn't read Pippin Rules. Um, Pippin rules, yeah, <laughs> which uh, is a one-star review that they like yeah, Pippin. Exactly. To compare this shot, yeah, you just read that one. Okay, cool. Um, plot keywords. We could have cleavage month um, <laughs> featuring truth seekers, the gentleman, Outlander, and V for Vendetta. Woohoo. You know, I'm up for that. Now, don't know if this is kind of racist. We have China Woman and China Man Month. I think that's racist. I don't think you were allowed to call him that anymore. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to say that anymore. <gasps> Um, altered version of studio logo month, black comedy month, what African American month, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, oh, there's a lot in this one, but they're so crap. Um, yeah, we're clearly binning this one each, I'm assuming. Uh, bin, 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 yep, okay. Uh, and how would we rank this compared to The Lion King? <laughs> uh, it's slightly better than The Lion King. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> as much as I hate this movie, I would still watch this over The Lion King. So there you go. Geostorm next week, Colin Hilding. Uh, oh. We go from one empty void of charisma to another. Uh, over to you, Gerard <laughs> Butler. Um, holy crap. Uh, you and I were talking about this off air. We've already watched this movie. Um, actually starts off, you're like, okay, maybe this isn't as bad as I think it is. And then pfft, falls off a yeah. cliff pretty quickly. This movie's yeah. rubbish. Uh, I think our one saving grace is that we had disaster movie month planned because of how excited we were for Geostorm and we didn't have time to get to it. I would have been so disappointed if we dedicated our month of our lives waiting for this movie. Yeah, we we enjoyed the absolute shit show that was 2012 this year. A movie that I, again, as we talked about, seemingly embraces the shit showness. Geostorm's kind of almost like the Meg in that it sort of should take itself a little bit loosely than it should 
and mm. kind of like the Meg, like like Gerard Butler's kind of pointless in this movie. I'm just going to point this out right now. <laughs> kind he's, of. he's like the Indiana Jones. Uh, like take him out of the plot, nothing changes. Uh, he's in yeah. space the whole freaking. This is a disaster <laughs> movie in space. I forgot how much space is in this movie. Oh. Uh, we've got another annoying little kid. We've got another random Australian actress. That sure. Um, Richard Schiff shows up for a moment and then he disappears. Um, Ed Harris is in this movie. Um, Andy Garcia Andy is the Garcia president. Andy Garcia is the president. Um, and more. Uh, and we find out that Canada is part of a global effort to save the world. Nigeria is, but Australia apparently isn't. So uh, we'll be talking about that. I've got 10 seconds. Uh, this has been The Meg. My name is Ben. And... You always smell so nice. What is that sandalwood? Oh, all right, okay, that was a quote in this movie, apparently. And my name is Colin, and it's a megaliturd. Look at that, on time, woo! <laughs> Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.